San Francisco has voted to approve a ban on police and other agencies on using facial recognition software. Professor Buzz Schur joins me to discuss. This is the UNH Law Podcast. Learn more about the law school and apply by visiting law.unh.edu. Opinions discussed are solely the opinion of the faculty or hosts and do not constitute legal advice or necessarily represent the official views of the University of New Hampshire. So, Buzz, what exactly does this ban entail? It entails uh, several things. It entails that all city departments in San Francisco disclose any surveillance technologies that they are currently using or plan to use, number one. Number two, it requires, if they are currently using them or going to, it requires them to spell out the policies they have in place in regard to using surveillance technologies. And number three, it requires them to get the approval of the Board of Supervisors Uh, the governing body in San Francisco uh, before they use surveillance technologies. It it doesn't apply to personal use of surveillance technology. It doesn't apply to private businesses' use of surveillance technology, nor obviously the federal government, which they have no control. And then finally, it doesn't apply, the ban does not apply at the uh, San Francisco International Airport or the point port of San Francisco. So that's the basic outline of it. What we're really talking about here is this uh, video facial recognition software that uh, you isolate a face in a video you've taken, be it a CCTV video or a uh, you know actual photograph, and then you use the software to scan what the data Base of faces that you already have loaded in your database to see if there's a match. So this, this is a brand new technology. People have been confusing it with just regular video surveillance. This is a brand new technology that's been rolled out only over the last few years. It's video surveillance plus. Video right. surveillance is having public cameras up where you're watching what's going on in a public square, in your store, in your business. And you can you tape it and you can look back and watch what happened. This takes it another step it can it, it allows you to isolate a face in uh from the video surveillance tape that you've done and then compare that face develop a uh, a profile of a uh, software profile of that face and that run that profile through the database to see if there's any matches so that's that's really what this is about now what sort of reasons would they have to um, to search for people via this technology? Well, you know, as with all these modern technologies, uh, and it's the lure of all these modern technologies, uh, it's a, it can be a great investigative tool um, to build a database of as many people as possible and you see somebody run out of a store and you can... Uh, and the police can capture that face and then do a search of the database. See, uh, when, like, for example, they probably work at this place because they're here so many times a week and things like that. Yeah, they, I mean, they can, and, and, and then, you know, the particular. Uh, well, there's a lot of problems with yes. it. Um, you know, in the broadest sense, my biggest problem with it is, well, they're. My two biggest problems are it's inaccurate. Right. It's Accuracy unreliable. Is a big issue. It does not 
Uh, when somebody is female, it does not, quote unquote, assign gender to that person. It doesn't mm-hmm. recognize that they're female. Number one, it's not great with young people's faces. It's not great with older people's faces. Uh, it's it problems is, with dark skin, too, and right? It's, it's particularly bad with uh, dark skinned individuals. So uh, put aside whatever potential benefits, it, it at the least, it's a technology that's probably not ready for prime time. Right. But it's cool. Yeah. So people are like, oh, we're going to look like we're ahead of the head of the curve and we're going to roll out this new technology. Meanwhile, it's it has many implications that need to be considered. Well, it does. And think about this issue. Think about and here is my second biggest problem other than its unreliability is you combine that technology, your how the software recognizes your face and you put it in a bigger database that includes your DNA that you've captured yeah. surreptitiously, that includes uh, your your buying habits, that includes your fingerprints, that includes uh, your potential genetic medical conditions, you know, all that includes your ancestry. Yeah. Uh, all these things individually are, to use the formal term, are wicked cool individually <laughs> and at best. But all of these things are not particularly reliable technology yet. But when, more importantly, when you bundle them all together, imagine the file that the government can easily put together on A.J. Kirstead. Exactly. Or... or Buzz, sure. Yeah, I mean, you think back to how it was post-Patriot Act when Edward Snowden released what the NSA was doing with metadata and all that. I mean, how many very specific things are they going to be able to collect on each individual person? It's tremendous. Well, let's just add, wouldn't it be nice in, in this profile, this big, huge profile database to have all the numbers that you call and all the numbers and names of the people who call you? Regardless of what the content right. of those phone calls are, you you can imagine a database of information, genetic, facial recognition, uh, digital, uh, your purchasing habits, your online activities. Because yeah. it's digital privacy and physical privacy together and, with and biometric like privacy. Yeah, biometric. Um, and it's um, so you know I think. There are people who go back and forth on the uh, people go back and forth on the value for law enforcement for facial recognition yeah. technology, but I think to view it in the in in isolation is the biggest mistake in really understanding the depth of the problem with facial recognition technology. In addition to, it's just not ready for prime time yet. Now, is law enforcement and other agencies basically going, it's more important to have this import, this state-of-the-art tool, or are they just kind of going, or are they ignoring the other aspects to it? The people we're hearing from, it's becoming a big business, so the people yeah. we're hearing from <laughs> in the first instance are business people. 
uh, who are saying, let's not have a ban, let's have a moratorium until we talk this through. I mean, I think that's a silly position. You know, if you have a ban, you can always change the ban yeah, into something else if you decide. So, so I think that's a that's kind of a front for just trying to to uh, start to cut back on it. You know, the city of Oakland is looking into this. Uh, I know uh, Massachusetts, uh, the, uh, a Massachusetts state senator has some uh, concerns about it. Uh, so I think law enforcement is has seen the value of it. Uh, Jokar Sarnayev, one of the Boston Marathon bombers, was first identified from a private business's video of the outside of its store. He wasn't identified with facial recognition technology that yes. I know of, but he was identified by isolating his face as a likely suspect. Um, so, uh, I mean, you know, think also about this. There's a Georgetown study, Georgetown uh, University study, that it's likely there's a 50% chance that you're already in some facial database, facial recognition database. Um, think about the most obvious face database that can be pretty easily converted into an entry in a facial recognition database. What I mean by that is just because you have a picture of somebody doesn't mean you have something usable in the database. You need to convert that into uh, like 3D space, 3D space in a set of representations. But what is the most comprehensive in New Hampshire? What is the most comprehensive compilation of citizens of New Hampshire? driver's license photos they're perfectly lit they're forward facing so you see every aspect of their face um so you can you know you can convert those or you can start mm -hmm. using a new camera that allows the conversion to occur a lot faster so th this is ripe for a and you you know none of us say when we go to get our driving's license pictures none of us are yet told because we don't know that it's even happening or we don't think it's happening. None of us are told, oh, this could be used for this purpose. It's kind of like when you give your DNA, your house has been burglarized and you give your DNA and your fingerprints to the police so they can eliminate all the DNA and the fingerprints that they collect at the house that belong to the homeowners. Uh, but then the police just keep your DNA profile, put it in a rogue database and keep it for whatever purpose they want to use it for in the future. You know, it's, it's, it's another version of that with a different kind of technology, but it is, they both fit into the category of biometric technology. It's really interesting. This is coming out of San Francisco. It's like, it's the technology hub of California for the most part. Uh, Facebook and all of them are based out of there. Very much so. There's uh, there's a, a an odd dynamic playing out in San Francisco. Yes. One, it has become an outrageously expensive city, dominated by high tech people, uh, and they who have essentially caused the prices for housing there that is 
who can live there to skyrocket beyond all belief. Um, and it's become a very elite community. Uh, by the same token, it's always been a hotbed of uh, liberal and progressive and leftist uh, political, uh, social ideas. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, writ large that, that, f that not, there is a more and more of a conflict between. Yes, there's, this has been fascinating. High tech, you know, high tech, which is, you know, there's a lot of progressives money, uh, wound up in the high tech business with the issues of privacy related to uh, developing biometric technology and digital technology. So, you know, that's going to play out in oh so many different ways going yes. forward. And right now, San Francisco is the epicenter of that debate. Yeah, as a political and technology junkie, it's it's fascinating to see how this is all playing out, that where their interests are diverted where they actually put their money where their mouth is and where they end up butting heads against the government because they're it's they're very liberal so they want big government with a lot of with regards to a lot of aspects but at the same time they're uh it's a private company <laughs> you know you think about people who are viewed high tech and other big business people who are viewed as progressives, mm. the Jeff Bezos of the world, yeah. you know, the owners of Google, the, you know, the Twitter, mm. you know, 23andMe, uh, companies like that. And uh, they're making billions of dollars and they're progressives. And it, you come back to that, old too often at the front end you hear from those people oh trust us yes. because we're good people we're Google's progressives long-term phrase of don't be evil that they got rid of which or is facebook, a scary concept you know, the, the struggle <laughs> facebook yeah. is having you know it's yeah don't worry trust us we're progressives and that's just not it turns out that's starting not to fly at all mm -hmm. uh for all sorts of reasons so that that little uh tension or that big tension yeah. is going to between politics and privacy and technology is starting to and business is starting to play out more and more in all sorts of different realms and it's um it's scary and fascinating. Is the official recognition ban looking to be challenged in court? I haven't heard of it yet. Now, it was just put in place. So I think it's early. You know, I it really is, you know, it's interesting to figure out who would challenge it. Mm. It's a directive of the Board of Supervisors, the Supervisors, the governing body in, in San Francisco, to the government of San Francisco. It's like federally, it's as if the president were to issue an executive order. Right. So to what extent does, uh, is there a lawsuit from a facial recognition software company against the city of San Francisco for not buying their technology. Yeah, that's, that's kind of silly about trying to sort out with this. Yeah, like. <laughs> and, you know, interestingly, uh, the ACLU of Northern California was very active in uh, bringing about this uh, facial recognition technology mm -hmm. software ban. So, uh, you know, the how the 
where the resistance to the ban will come from in the first instance is unlikely a lawsuit. It's more likely behind the scenes lobbying by well-moneyed people. Thanks for listening to the UNH Law Podcast. Learn more about us by visiting law.unh.edu or following UNH Law on social media. Be sure to comment and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. Opinions discussed are solely the opinion of the faculty or host and do not constitute legal advice or necessarily represent the official views of the University of New Hampshire.